We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. You raise walls, I destroy them. Let's see who prevails. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I say we take off and loot the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Allow my sword to join you in the fight against evil. The world needs us to chase dreams. We have to dedicate ourselves each and every single day to this fight because I can't do it alone. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanny Show. We finally reached the year of Blade Runner. God help us all. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Julia. I'm Steven. And I'm Paul. And we're here today with the first episode of the year. Yay! Yay! Ooh, sweet! Happy 2019. Woo! Uh, so, we're here to talk about all of the stuff that we loved from last year and all the stuff that we're looking forward to this year. This is our looking forward, looking back, looking forward. Looking back, looking forward, whichever direction, doesn't really matter, right? Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. Put some Beastie Boys in here, Jen, go for it. So, uh, to get us started, a couple quick reminders of what's going on this year. This year we have no theme. There's no theme this year. This theme is just awesome. It's just normal Skiffy and Fanty awesomeness. That's exciting, right, guys? I think that's terrific. Yeah, that's super exciting. So on the docket for this year, more podcasts. So that means more interviews, more signal booths, more movie-related podcasts. We're probably going to review another Star Wars movie this year because it's it's the end of the trilogy. There's a lot of just fun content to come. We'll have some cool stuff in October. But the big things this year are about us trying to build this show by making us do more things so that Jen has more stuff to edit, which she will love. Big thing right now is we're trying to get folks to support the Patreon page because we want to do an actual play RPG podcast where Paul plays a paladin and is totally nice and honorable all the time. And then we can put him in moral dilemmas and watch him squirm. Uh, We've got a whole plan about it. We'll probably talk more about it as we go on. Uh, Other than that, right, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. You can send us emails at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com if there's something you want us to cover this year. We'd love to hear about it because there's a billion things and we don't always think about the stuff that you want to hear. So there's all that. Uh, if there's folks you want us to interview, all that stuff. And then obviously you can support all of our lovely peoples by going to skiffingfanny.com and going to the contributors page and finding their websites. I'm sure Julia will do something awesome again this year. I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like I, You can always uh, subscribe to Fireside Magazine. That's always exciting. Like I said, something awesome. So you should also just subscribe, not just because Julie is there, but also because it's awesome. It is super awesome. Like, I, I get to edit it, which means that I get to read a bunch of awesome stories and then share them with other people. But, like, 100%, it is a super awesome thing. And if you get the print edition, it has a really cool art and design by Pablo Defendini, who is awesome. It's a cool thing. I'm not just saying that because I work there. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen will be doing more comic reviews, I'm sure. I will. Are you going to do the one about the comics that are illegal but are hidden in the government's files on the back of the Constitution? Are you doing that one? Well, I thought about it, but I'm Canadian, and I think that could lead to an international incident. I don't know. 
I mean, this country's already an international incident, so... This is fair. This is fair. <laughs> cool. And then, Paul, I assume you are going to review at least 6,000 books this year. <laughs> I'm hoping for 6,000 and six for a nice uh, palindromic number, but we'll see. Excellent. All right, guys. So to get us started, we're going to go back in time to, for us, about three weeks ago, to the year 2018, year that shall live in infamy for a variety of reasons. And we're going to get into some of the stuff that we love. So we're going to start off with books. And we're going to start with you, Paul, because your face happens to be on my screen right now. So you get to go first. Okay, I wasn't expecting to go first, but I'll be happy to go first. 2018 was a great year for books for me. I I didn't read all the books I wanted to read, but, you know, I read a fair number both in print and in audio, and there's lots I loved. Um, I've mentioned them in some other venues before. My top two books of the year were Kathleen Berlanti's Space Opera, which was definitely in the spirit of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, plus Kathleen Berlanti's own sensibilities of a rock and roll space present and future with aliens that really just was a lot of fun to read. Um, I also particularly like Rebecca and Rowan Horse's debut post-apocalyptic Navajo reservation novel, Trail of Lightning, with a really strong protagonist and world building. Other novels I like this year, there's plenty of them. Our own Mike Underwood participated in this serial this year, Born to the Blade. I really like that. That had a really strong cast of writers, inclu- including Marie Brennan and Cassandra Claw. I like the end to Mar- Malka Alder's series with state tectonics, which shows a really strong future of what democracy could evolve into. I I like Gareth Powell's return to space opera with Embers of War. I like Tasha Shuri's debut novel, Empire of Sand, which gave us Moogle-flavored fantasy. There, That was a flavor of fantasy I'd never known I'd ever wanted, but now I have. And the last book I'd like to mention is Claire O'Dell's... Actually, I'll mention two. We had two great novels based on Sherlock Holmes this year in space in uh, science fiction. We had Alec de Bordard's Tea Master and Detective, which which was set in space, and Claire O'Dell's A Stunning Honor, which had Sherlock Holmes and Watson as lesbian people of color in a near future Washington D.C. ravaged by civil war. And both of those are excellent takes on the Sherlock Holmes genre. And that's what I read in books this year. Awesome. All right, so then we're going to jump over to Julia. What about you? What What are some books or other written-related things that you enjoyed? Okay, so many good things. Um, so I got to be part of a really cool anthology called A Larger Reality, which was edited by a person, Libya Brenda, who was in the Mexicanics initiative that John Picasso made for Worldcon. It is super awesome, and it introduced me to a bunch of the writing of the other people in the Mexicanics initiative who are great. Um, so that's super exciting, and you can actually download it for free and read it in EPUB or Mobi, however you want, um, if you go to mexicanicsinitiative.com. So A-plus to all the stories in that. I had a great time reading it, and I was super excited about it. Um, the On the Sherlock Holmes note, I got to read The Hollow of Fear by Sherry Thomas, which is the third in her lady Sherlock series where like Sherlock Holmes is a woman and there's a bunch of other stuff that goes on. And that was super fun. I also super enjoyed Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller, who basically can't write anything I don't like. He's just amazing. And I love him. And European Travel for the Monstrous Gentlewoman by Theodora Goss, which I both read the print version and listened to the audiobook version. And they're both great. But if you love audiobooks, 
The narrator is amazing, so I highly recommend that. And then I'm going to do one short story recommendation. And like, I could do so many, but I'm just going to choose one. And it's called this, the, the Secret Lives of the Nine Negro Teeth of George Washington by Fenderson Jelly Clark, which we got to publish in Fireside last February. And it is so amazing. If you only read one short story from 2018, go read the story. It's so good. All right, let's jump over to Stephen. All right, Stephen, what did you enjoy this this past year? Oh, so much. This was such a great year for genre. This was such a great year for prose and nonfiction and graphic novels. I'm going to start with graphic novels. I continue to love Xander Cannon's Kaiju Max, which is an amazing uh, giant monsters in prison drama. Uh, Three volumes have been published to date, and there's a fourth coming this year. It follows the titular maximum security monster prison. It's kind of like it's kind of like Monster Island, and where uh, where kaiju that run afoul of human law, which is essentially all of them because they're horribly overpoliced, are sent and and locked in together. And it's basically Godzilla goes to Oz. It's a fantastic look at the carceral state, at the politics of imprisonment, a metaphor for marginalized being overly policed and disproportionately incarcerated. It's heartfelt. It's intense. And it's cute. It's got these cute cartoons of adorable-looking giant monsters, and then these horrible things happen to them. It's it's a just my favorite comic being published. Some of the best speculative fiction being published today. I recommend it to everyone. I've reviewed it twice for the site. You can read my reviews for more details. Monstrous continues to be fantastic. Mar- Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Hugo Award-winning graphic novel series. Uh, the third volume, Haven, just came out, and it's fantastic. The series just gets better and better and darker and darker, which I didn't think was possible. I expect it to be on this year's Hugo Ballad again, and it deserves to be. My favorite surprise of the year was another graphic novel that I reviewed for the site, which was a self-published work, It Will Be Hard, by Hiem Fan, which is an inclusive, queer, sex-positive, relationship-driven domestic fantasy. It's a beautiful story set in a secondary world about two men trying to navigate their relationship, and it's touching and sweet and lovely and everything I didn't know I wanted. It was fantastic. In prose, I'm going to co-sign on a bunch of the selections for fiction, Trail of Lightning, Space Opera, Blackfish City, check, check, check. Uh, I'm also going to mention two nonfiction works, Joe Walton's An Informal History of the Hugos and uh, Alec Navalli's Astounding. John W. Campbell, Isaac Asimov, Robert A. Heinlein, L. Ron Hubbard, and The Golden Age of Science Fiction, which are both very different looks back at the genre, and I love them both, devoured them both. They really do a remarkable job of contextualizing and looking at the history of science fiction. I'm listening to the audiobook of Astounding right now. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I've just really started, but I'm learning a lot. Like, what? Really? I'm having tons of those moments. Me too. Awesome. That's all of it? You know, I could go on and on, but I probably shouldn't. Well, I'm sure we all could go on, except for me, because I am the last one for this particular category. And to be totally honest, I was a little busy in 2018, <laughs> and it destroyed my reading altogether. So I, I didn't actually read all of that much. Uh, I really struggled to kind of finish things, which I don't think has anything to do with the quality of the work being written and more to do with just brain death. Uh, so for me, I'm going to pick one thing that is actually an older book, but I taught it last year and had a blast teaching it. Uh, and then 
a ongoing uh, comic book series, which I continue to enjoy. So the comic book is Miss Marvel, which uh, I just learned G. Willow Wilson is stepping back from, but it's being taken over by Saladin Ahmed and a couple of other folks whose names I haven't committed to memory just a moment. So it's in good hands, but uh, Miss Marvel is frankly the best new comic that Marvel has come out with in like the last 10 years. And it is just phenomenal and it continues to be good, has its ups and downs, but it was still good last year. I just love the story. Uh, and I love the character, and I swear to God, if they do not put a reference to her in Captain Marvel, I will burn some shit. So, uh, and then the other thing, which is the book that I'm sure most of us have heard of or read, which is The Word for World is Forest by Ursula K. Le Guin, which I realize is not a new book. It was not re-released in 2018. It's just a really good novel about colonialism set in space with essentially Ewoks. And it's a really phenomenal short uh, novel that I really recommend. It is part of her Hainish series of books, so it involves all of that kind of stuff uh, in, the, in the background going on. You know, I taught it, and I had such a blast because my students had these amazing reactions where it's just like, there's moments when this seems like it's, it's just so overbearing and so, like, the main character is such a piece of trash. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, welcome to actual colonialism. And they're like, what? It was really like that? Here, let me show you some people saying some real mean shit about actual people they were colonizing. Yeah, so uh, it was really fun to kind of have those experiences, and it's a, it's also a phenomenal book. So that's all I got for that. Yeah, I, I reread uh, The Word for World as far as as well this year, both for a, for a podcast and also for Birds of a Feather's Feminist Futures uh initiative last year. So, yep, yeah, so it does feel didactic, but also it is a, an indicting look at colonialism and capitalism and ecological devastation. So yeah, it, it, it's possibly even more potent now than when it was first written. We could have a whole conversation about that book, which I would love to do, but we can't do that today because we got to move on to talking about movies and television and other kinds of video-related objects. And so we'll go in the same order. Paul, go for it. Favorite movies. And keep this one a little short because uh, I'm pretty sure we all have some the same movies on the list. And we'd want to leave some for other people. So maybe pick like two. Okay, so I won't, I won't pick the ones that you're all going to pick, even though they're on my list. So I will mention that towards the end of the year, that Aquaman has, was much more fun than it had any right to be. I was expecting it to be rather weak. I mean, it's not Wonder Woman, but it's possibly the second best DC movie out of this recent crop. And it was entertaining. It was fun. You have Aquaman dealing with with the Cthulhu being voiced by Julie Andrews and it's uh, it was just a good time the other interesting things was the reboot of Shira which i mean i remember Shira from back in the 80s and uh yet and eventually i got convinced to actually starting watching the thing and burn through the entire thing and i i like this better than the original because it does some of those things the original tried to do much better than it did and the third one, something I didn't hear anybody talk about at all this year, maybe I should have reviewed it or something, was Maniac with Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, which was a short Netflix series about some very weird drug trials and with these two um, characters with mental health issues. And those drugs had some very, very weird results on the two of them. And it's a very touching story about two damaged people trying to get better or at least just keep plodding along with very darkly hilarious results. Awesome. Great, great picks, Paul. Julia, what about you? 
Okay, so we <laughs> we will have an entire podcast where a bunch of us squee over Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I love that movie. That might have been my favorite movie in 2018. Um, but I also loved some other things. I loved Ralph Breaks the Internet, which was the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph and was a very charming movie that ha- managed to capture the essence of the internet in a film that is suitable for all ages, including things like how horrible YouTube comments are. And again, I say this like in a film that is suitable for all ages. <laughs> how did they do that? It's it's beautiful and fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. Also, Black Panther was amazing. I'm not going to talk about that because I feel like other people probably want to jump all over that. The Good Place is the best thing on television. Yes. And it was fantastic all throughout 2018. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I will say the episode with all the Janets, so good. So good. <laughs> So yeah, there was so much good stuff to watch during 2018, and I feel like I could keep going on and on, but I'm going to stop there. Awesome. Good picks, Julia. All right, Steven, it's up to you. Add a few more in. What do you got? All right. Well, I'm on that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse podcast with Julia, so I'm not going to say any more about that, except it's awesome, and everyone should see it. I have remarkably little time for TV or movies that I don't see with my kids. So I can tell you that hotel Transylvania three was better than you would think it was, <laughs> but you know, this is what happens when you get Gendy Tartakovsky involved in a project. He is good as was uh, Mary Poppins returns. It was better than I expected. Uh, but on TV, I continue to take shameless advantage of my special friends, Netflix access. And we watched a lot of Voltron, but we're not cut up yet because the deal was one episode of Voltron for every episode of either Queer Eye or Drag Race. And hey, that worked out great for me because it was all awesome, but it means I'm still not cut up yet. So still working on Voltron. It's awesome. I love Voltron. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pick two then. So one is going to be Solo. I'm the Star Wars nut on the show. And so you, I kind of have to pick it. it. It's sort of required by law. I will also say that Solo does not deserve that the bullcrap of hatred that it got this last year. It is incredibly good for a Star Wars movie that has nothing to do with the main line of the story. Uh, it is so much fun. I, I loved Donald Glover as Lando. I, it's, I mean, I didn't think Lando could get any sexier, and then it, then it happened. So it is just, it's so much fun. I loved how much it just felt like a Star Wars movie. And when I went into it, I came out of it going, I feel like the first time I saw Star Wars again. And that's no small feat. There's that. And then the other one I'll put in is A Quiet Place, which we reviewed for the show and which is delightfully creepy and terrifying. And I just love that it is a film where they actually have a person who is deaf, who speaks in signs, who helped all of the other cast members be able to communicate in sign, and that pretty much the entire film, with a couple of exceptions, is all in sign language, and it's a horror movie, and it involves weird alien creatures, and it is wonderful. So I will stop there, there's plenty more to go, but we gotta go to our random happies. I just wanna say that I agree, Solo was really fun. It was just really good fun. Seriously, any movie where Chewbacca just growls for like two hours is gonna win my heart, so... <laughs> I love Chewie. This is my favorite Star Wars character. Okay, all right. Random happy things. We got to go to our random happies. So, Paul, you get one random happy, 
What's one random thing that made you happy in 2018? Go for it. Okay, so I didn't have a good time with, for the most part, with conventions in 2018, except for the one I drove a thousand miles to go to, and that was Scintillation, which was the little science fiction convention that Joe Walton set up in Montreal. I had backed the Kickstarter, and once it looked like it was come, going to be a thing, I decided, okay, I will go to this thing, and I will go do other things along the way. So I did a 2,800-mile driving expedition, driving all the way, visiting my parents, going to see Quebec City, going to the convention, and coming back via Toronto, Ottawa, and seeing all, seeing all sorts of science fiction genre people, enjoying the con, and, and having, having a relatively good time. And I, if I wasn't doing something else big in October of this year, I would go back to Scintillation, because Scintillation will be back in October of this year, with, and hopefully they will have as good a con as they did this year. All right, Julia, what is your one happy from 2018? So happy from 2018. That's a random. I'm 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 gonna go rogue. I'm gonna say two things. So one is the thing that I had the great pleasure of getting to work on. It's an app called Flash Read that gives you stories in the format of text messages, and it's super fun. I believe it's only for iPhone, but if you have an iPhone, you can get it in the App Store. It's called Flash Read, all one word. And um, I write stories as Julie Rivera, but there are a bunch of other people writing different stories. One of my Favorites is a little three-parter by Daria Demos called Last Stop on the Tour, which is just a very silly horror story. Um, but there are all kinds of other amazing, fun things on that. So that was really fun and random and was born in 2018. And the other thing that was my fave thing of 2018 was the album Dirty Computer and the Emotion Picture that went along with it by Janelle Monet. It's great if you follow Janelle Monet from the beginning of her career, you will know that she is always doing random science fictional weirdness in her concepts for her albums. This album is no exception. It is uniformly awesome it has songs that will make you dance and also it has some pointed commentary about the political state of the world but in a fun way cool exceptionally cool <laughs> you've got three different levels of cool julia so you are like cool cute it's very cool it's like if you have any doubt that janelle monet is like the coolest thing ever like she's dating tessa thompson so what? i feel like that she, she is oh yeah yeah, they're like what? a power couple. Okay, I just changed my happy thing from 2018. <laughs> that is like the most delightful couple I could ever imagine. Yes, that is correct. All right, Steven, it's up to you. So back in May, uh, I don't know if this is a thing that happens outside of Toronto, but do all of you know what a Jane's Walk is? No, why don't you tell us what a Jane's Walk is? Jane's Walks are, are organized, uh, it's a loosely organized series of gatherings and walks in Toronto in honor of the great urban theorist Jane Jacobs, who was a longtime Torontonian after she was a New Yorker. And people post online the theme and the itinerary of their walk, and people come and join the walk leaders, and you walk around the city, and you talk about the city, and you, you experience the city as pedestrians and, and with, your, with your fellow citizens and neighbors. and and enjoy it. And uh, my friend Dorianne Emerton, who is a fantastic writer uh, herself, and I did a speculative fiction-themed Jane's Walk in downtown Toronto. So uh, a bunch of people showed up at Nathan Phillips Square, which is uh, Toronto City Hall, which if you've seen, uh, it, it showed up at a few episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation and that zombie movie where it's called Raccoon City. 
you know Nathan Phillips Square, you've seen it. And like 20 odd people showed up and we walked around downtown Toronto and talked about the city as a setting for speculative fiction and speculative fiction creators. We visited the, uh, the Merrill collection, Toronto's science fiction library collection. We visited U of T and we finished at Baca, Toronto's science fiction bookstore, a fantastic bookstore. And the, the, uh, I believe now the longest continually operating and surviving science fiction bookstore in North America. And uh, it was wonderful to see uh, our the people we'd let on the walk come in and pick up some of the books we discussed and uh, talk to each other and talk to us and talk to the staff. And it was just a really awesome moment and an awesome sense of community that uh, I was really happy to be part of. Baca is a very good bookstore. I was there during my, my perambulations. And when I, when I went up to the top of the CN Tower, I looked down and I the thought I had as I was looking at the Toronto cityscape was Metropolis. Well, that is where the design of Metropolis came from. Joe Schuster was from Toronto before he lived in Cleveland with Jerry Siegel, and he was inspired to create Metropolis by his memories of Toronto. The more you know, people, the more you know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, thank you, Stephen. Appreciate it. All right. Well, okay. So my actual random thing I should get to. Uh, it's a real easy one. It is the explanation for why I didn't get to read a lot and why I was really busy and why Jen basically took over all of the editing duties for such a long time and now she won't give them back because she's selfish. Talking to you, Jen. She's going to hear this and she's going to stab me. It is that I got a PhD last year. <laughs> I successfully defended it. I got it. Sadly, didn't get it soon enough so that my grandma could see me get it, but, you know, such is life. But I got a PhD, so I'm an official doctor now. Which is why my Twitter account says Dr. Grandmoff Duke, and I don't care. I also got a job, and so that's also nice. But why don't you tell the listeners where you got that job, Sean? So I am working on the International Space Station <laughs> as an English teacher. No, <laughs> that would be great. I would take that job, but no. I am in Bemidji, Minnesota. It is one of the cool hit places, sort of north of where most people are willing to live because it gets cold here. Okay, now we got to dive into 2019. Lots of stuff going on in 2019. Uh, to keep this episode from being 16 hours long, we're, we're not allowed to mention literally every single book that like was announced on one of the lists so far this year, which could be 3,000 books that are coming out. But we're going to start by going over some of the books we are looking forward to, or other written-related things. And we'll start with you, Paul, when you throw out a few things you're looking forward to. So we're... Remember a couple of years, Sean, when we were talking to Max Gladstone, he was talking about books he wanted to write, and I did a happy dance? I distinctly remember because you, like, lit up like a, like a <laughs> child getting cotton candy for the first time at the fair. It was amazing. It turns out that Max Gladstone's book is coming out in 2019. It's called Empress of Forever. It's his take on an Earthling caught up in a space opera universe, and it's out. And I got to hear a bit of this at the aforementioned scintillation earlier in this podcast, and it's out. And I decided, yeah, I want this, and I pre-ordered the book on my phone an hour after, after listening to him talk about it. But but I had already been excited from that little conversation we had. So, yay, Max Gladstone does space opera. I'm down for it. In fact, this is gonna be a good year for space opera. Arkady Martin, who's a friend of mine who shows up here at Fort Street Fantasy all the time, has a space opera called A Memory Called Empire. My friend Elizabeth Bear is going back to space opera with Ancestral Night. And Adrian Tchaikovsky, whose Children of Time finally came out in the U.S. last year, 
It's been out in the UK for years, and he had actually sent me a copy a couple years ago. He finally has a sequel coming out, and on both sides of the pound, called Children of Ruin, so we're going to have space spiders again, Sean. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Well, awesome. So it sounds like you're space operating it up. That's what 2019 looks to me. (laughs) Awesome. All right, well, we'll dive over to Julia then. Julia, what about you? I am super excited for two books. I'm, I'm excited for a lot of things, but I choose two to talk about right now. And they are Exile by Lisa Bradley, which I got to read an advanced reader's copy of. And uh, it is a, such bizarre, bonkers, amazing, sort of like, I, I don't even know. I, I kind of want to compare it to Mad Max, but not really. Um, it's It's sort of... Mad Max meets Neil Stevenson meets nothing you've ever read before. It's full of sex and violence. Do not read it to children. It's super good and amazing. And about like a town in Texas where there was a big chemical spill and it was like basically quarantined off. Yeah, the people in that town because of the chemical spill have all sorts of issues. It's cool. Read it. It's awesome. And the other book that I'm super excited about, which you absolutely can read to children and should, is Sal and Gabby Break the Universe by Carlos Hernandez, which is coming out in March and is pure joy. I love this book. It is amazing. And I cannot wait. Like I got to I got to beta read this one. I have not yet read the final version. I'm going to wait till March to read the final version. But this book makes me so happy. And I know it is as amazing as I think it is because literally every critical reception of it has been glowing. So it's got like stars in all of the Publishers Weekly and School Library Journal and the whole bit. Everyone who reads this is like, oh my God, everybody else has to read this because it's amazing and super fun. So go read that one. Wow. Okay. I'll do my best, Julia. I shall try. All right, Stephen, you're up next. Give us your your written things. Go for it. Okay. So a graphic novel coming this year that I'm very excited about. I don't know much about the creators, but it's been getting incredible buzz. And uh, the little snippets I've seen of it are fascinating and scary and wonderful. It's called Bottom Feeders by Ezra Clayton Daniels and Ben Passmore. Uh, The publisher describes it as an Afrofuturist horror comedy about gentrification and cultural appropriation. So, like, sold, right? I mean, how can you hear that and not just buy 12 copies? Uh, I'm also looking forward to, okay, Adam Warren's series Empowered is kind of a guilty, kind of complicated pleasure, but I never feel guilty about the work of my friend Carla Speed McNeil, who's one of the best artists in comics. And Adam Warren and Carla collaborated on a, a six-issue miniseries called Empowered and Sister Spooky's High School Hell, in which the two title characters are trapped in a demonic high school with a army of mean girls seeking vengeance. The collected edition of that is coming out in just a few weeks, I believe, very shortly. And I really want to uh, pick that up. I will buy anything that has Carla's name on it. It's fantastic. Now, in prose, Gideon the Ninth has been getting incredible buzz. Yes, Tamsin Muir. Yes. Doesn't that sound like it's going to be amazing? Like, I need to check this book out. So, Necromancers... In space. Necromancers in space. It's Necromancers in space. I like necromancers. I like space. I want to see the two put together. Two great tastes. <laughs> As I said, this is a year of space opera. I told you. It really is, isn't it? So, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. You know, there's also going to be more Kaiju Max. There's going to be more Monstrous. There's going to be more uh, Saladin Ahmed, Ms. Marvel, as you mentioned, Sean. There's a lot of great stuff coming this year. I'm stoked about it all. 
Me too. There's a, there is some stuff I'm stoked about too. All right, so I will go. So my written things that I'd like to pick, some of it's already come up, things like Miss Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I just found out this morning that uh, Marlon James has a book coming out, an epic fantasy based in African legends, Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Marlon James is probably best known for a brief history of seven killings, which did rather well at, at one of those big award things. So and he is a really incredible writer. So I'm really looking forward to that. Charlie Jane Anders has a new book out come out called the city in the middle of the night don't know what it's about don't care it's charlie jane andrews i'm gonna read it so it makes me excited and lecky has uh the raven tower which again is an author who don't care you could read a, a cookbook on how to make uh, old skin taste like dessert don't care i'd read it because it's Anne lucky so and then last would be uh lauren bucus has motherland coming out it's been a while since i recall seeing a lauren bucus book and lauren bucus is awesome author of Zoo City, among other phenomenal works, and I cannot wait to read this new book too. So I'm pretty quick because I'm easy because I, I didn't actually look at what they, they were about. I just saw that they were releasing them, and that was good enough for me. <laughs> so now it's time to get over to movies and television. Try to be somewhat quick on this. So let's dive right in. Paul, what have you got in your looking forward to movies or television? Okay, three things I think we're probably all going to mention at least two of these as well, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway. Um, Captain Marvel, obviously, because we've been yes, all, because we've all been anticipating Captain Marvel for a long time. Did you see the new posters? And one of them has Goose the Cat on it, which is hilarious. I, I mean, whoever's in Marvel marketing clearly understands the target audience. They do. They they've got it like on lock, and they Brie Larson is. I'm going to be on that podcast because I'm going to fight somebody because I desperately want to see this movie. So Okay, so so I, I, am, I am curious. I mean, I had some problems with the first half of Infinity War. I'm curious whether they can actually bring it back home in the second half. So I am looking forward. I will go to see it. And as you mentioned earlier in this podcast, we do get a new Star Wars movie. The last Star Wars movie. It's going to be good. Or it could be a disaster. Who knows? It could be. We'll find. We'll find out. I'm hopeful. I'm looking forward to it. One hundred percent guaranteed. It won't matter because some people on the internet are gonna hate it anyway. Well, that's always true. So why don't we why don't we move shuffle along to Julia now? Yes, Julia, please give us your movies and TV. Uh, I'm continuing to be super excited about The Good Place. I cannot wait to see what they do next because every time they set something up that seems impossible, they then break it and break our minds with it, and that is fantastic. So very excited for that. I'm also uh, uh, seconding the Star Wars excitement, but um, weirdly, something that has charmed me every time I've seen a trailer for it and I am excited for is the Lego movie, the second one. Uh, it looks like it will be charming, so I'm looking forward to that one. Everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It's so dumb, and it's a wonderful song. I know, eh? Well, you'll be glad to know that the main character still has that on his iPod and is still listening to it in the sequel. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. All right, Stephen, what about you? So I, I agree with uh, everyone's suggestions so far. I'm looking forward to all those things. I'm also looking forward to Shazam, uh, which, based on the trailers, uh, it looks like it's going to be tremendous fun, which is a 
it's nice that between Aquaman and this, DC movies seem to be actually getting fun. I'm excited to see how they handle that. I I, I hope they can manage it. Uh, also, I live in Toronto, and I want I like going and seeing places I've been in the movies. I love that trailer. I like I've been there, been there, <laughs> I've been there. I literally said I have been in that variety store when I saw that trailer. But you didn't see a kid who turned into a, a grown man with superpowers. I'm not at liberty to discuss it, Sean. Oh, Canadian government got to you. I can neither confirm nor deny. I agree 100%, Stephen. It looks, when I saw that trailer, I immediately went, my God, that actually looks like a lot of fun. I am very hopeful. Uh, anything else? Well, as I said, I, I, I don't get to see a, a lot of movies and TV. It's a, it's a time thing and a, and, a, and a family thing a bit. And so this is going to be a year of getting caught up on stuff. So I want to finish Voltron. I want to get it to She-Ra. I want to watch The Dragon Prince. We've got a third series of Stranger Things coming. Those are all things I'm looking forward to. Is that this year? Stranger Things, yeah. Sweet mother of God, that's on my list then. <laughs> okay, bunch of stuff's already been mentioned, so the only thing that uh, is on my list that wasn't mentioned would be Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, yes. I don't know if it's going to be good, because it, it may be doing too much, but at the same time, like seeing all of those classic Godzilla monsters on screen in, in beautiful HD is just, it makes me so happy just to think about because it's just like my childhood kind of coming back when I used to like watch old monster movies and stuff on on sci-fi when it used to show movies other than their own trash I it's just it looks fun and I know if David is gonna see it and he's gonna need to wear like a diaper because he's just gonna pee himself with joy so I'm sending him some because he'll need it I know the feeling I do that with Star Wars and then obviously Stranger Things was I just found out was coming out this season uh, this year, I'm very curious to see where they're going to go with it because it's just, it's such a good show. It's so good. I love the characters and the way that they developed, like, the relationships between everybody. Hopper, I freaking love Hopper. I, I want to hug him, but he'd probably punch me. So we got to get to our random happies, and that is whatever you want. You can pick anything you're looking forward to in 2019 because this is, this is the year of change-ish, maybe. So, Paul... So what are you looking forward to in 2019, sir? Well, Deuceful Lent, assume, assuming nothing goes terribly wrong and all that stuff, in October of this year, I will be flying to uh, Nepal to go hike in the mountains and take pictures of mountains and other stuff in the mountains north of Kathmandu. Dude. Wow. That is super cool. I, I, oh, that's awesome. Yes. In October of this year, Deuceful Lent, I will be hiking in the mountains trying to learn photography from a master and take pictures of mountains. And we don't go to Mount Everest, but we go to the town before Mount Everest and just head a different direction rather than towards base camp. That's hopefully going to be my big 20, 2019. Well, perfect, Paul. That sounds fantastic. It sounds like you're going to have a good time. I hope so. So take lots of pictures. Look for some snakes for me. Julia, what about you? What are you looking forward to in 2019? So uh, both Disneyland and Disney World are opening Star Wars lands this year. Yes! And um. I, I don't think I'll be able to go see either of them this year, but I'm super excited to see what they are like and what they have in them. Because I think this is like the Disney World one's going to have a hotel with like interactive immersive storylines where you can be a character in, in the story yourself if you stay there, apparently. Um, and I, I just... 
I think Disney Imagineering, when it's at its best, is really amazing and creates wonderful, beautiful things. So I feel like a lot of people love Star Wars, and this is a really rich ground for them to do a lot of imagining and making creative things and making them super awesome. And I'm very excited to see like what actually happens with those lands and what they're like, what 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 it's like to walk around in them, what they sound like, what kinds of restaurants they have uh what kinds of rides they have all all the different things well one day one day you will go julia i feel like that is likely well perfect okay well then let's jump over to steven what have you got for us so this is going to be a, a little mushy for which i apologize but i'm so excited that i'm finally getting to join the podcast after listening for for years and starting to write for the site and you know getting to know so many of you through through Twitter and email and online and uh, you know finally I've sort of brought my brought my tech up enough that I can participate and I'm I'm really happy for the warm welcome and I'm appreciate you all and I'm excited to be here. Now you have to be on a torture cinema episode. It's mandatory. <laughs> For all, for all your mushy sentimentality, your reward is that we will now make you watch something terrible. Listen, I have a bottle of scotch that I've been saving exactly for this occasion. <laughs> well done, you're, you're gonna, You're going to need it. <laughs> like, I'm ready. Well, thank you. Thank you for becoming and being on the show thing. And, and now I can do horrible things to you by making you be in Skiffy and Fanny's skits. I'm, no, I'm, that's not ever going to happen. Because we left skits behind. We did left skits behind, so no more. I miss it so much. Steven, you gotta be on my side on this. You gotta be on my side that we gotta bring skits back. I'm saying nothing. Steven, you don't you don't have to be on anyone's side. You can be a free agent. <laughs> I mean you technically can do that, yeah. It's true. <laughs> well, thank you for the, the mushiness. I appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. So I guess it's up to me now to to close us out with the last happy thing for 2019 so julie you did remind me that 2019 the wizarding world of harry potter at universal studios orlando is opening its new harry potter roller coaster at some point this year and i am a roller coaster junkie so of course i desperately want to ride that so i'm looking forward to that and i swear to god they better have it open they're probably going to open it in the summer and so i'm gonna have to find another time to get there but i'm gonna ride it 57 times so it'll be good <laughs> i have no idea what to expect but I just, I'm so excited. It's great. And then the other thing that I really am just going to enjoy the hell out of, because she is now a member of Congress, which is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's uh, Twitter feed, which is one of the most delightful things of just like watching her school people of every political aisle imaginable. It is, it is beautiful. I'm just so excited to see what she does in, in this year. Like she's already done so much that's amazing to me. For somebody who literally just showed up and is totally brand new to all of this. I'm really excited to see where this goes and see how much of an impact she has over the course of the year. Hopefully it, very big and very good impacts because good God, we need it. So, But also she is super fun to watch. Like, And she's a great big nerd because um, she's always quoting like random awesome things like Watchmen. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> So that's it, folks. Everything we've got, things we love from last year, things we're looking forward to this year. If you would like to share some of the things you were looking forward to or that you loved, you can obviously do so at skiffingfanny at gmail.com 
or on our Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash Skiffy Infanti or at Skiffy Infanti. Uh, you can obviously follow us elsewhere. We're on Facebook at the Skiffy Infanti Show and so on and so forth. Do look forward to our ginormous eligibility post thing that we do where we kind of basically create a giant list of all the stuff that we covered or at least everything that I can remember to put on the list. Uh, that you might want to consider for the awards journey thing that we're going to all go through in like the next three months. So uh, do look for that. And obviously, if you consider us for something, that would be really awesome. And we would love you for it. So thank you, Paul and Julia and Steven. You all were fantastic. You had great things to suggest. And I'm I'm glad that uh, you were here for the very first episode of the year. Me too. Yay. Hooray. Thanks, everybody. And on that note, uh, scooby boop boop Awkward ending and scene. Hi all, it's Cam. One of my favorite 2018 books was Binti the Night Masquerade by Nettie Okorafor, which was the last book in her Binti trilogy. And this was one of the most genuinely surprising books that I've read in quite some time. I really enjoyed that. For visual media in 2018, I got to have a tie between The Good Place Season 2 and The Expanse Season 3. Both of those are the, the top two TV shows I care about in there. Their last seasons were phenomenal. Other media in 2018, I read a really wonderful comic called Kim Reaper, Volume 1, Grim Beginnings, which is about a part-time Grim Reaper. Highly recommend that. One book I'm looking forward to is Miranda in Milan by Catherine Duckett. I've read a few of her short fiction pieces last year, and I really liked those, so I'm really looking forward to this book, which takes place after The Tempest, billed as a queer love story set in Milan. So... Yeah, I'm totally on board for that. The other book is The Deep by Rivers Solomon, which is building off of the song The Deep by the band Clipping, which if you haven't listened to that song, it's awesome and you need to go check it out. So I'm really looking forward to checking out that book. And then lastly, of course, And Lucky has The Raven Tower coming out. That is also a must read because And Lucky is my favorite. Okay, that's it for now. Bye. So one thing I really liked in 2018 was the Midnighter mini-comic series by Steve Orlando. I also really liked the Wrinkle in Time adaptation. And, you know, like, it was just so visually stunning. And one random thing that was really good in 2018 was that I finally got my dog back. So she's living with me again. And for 2019, I'm looking forward to, for print media, I'm really looking forward to Gideon the Ninth, the book from Tor. Uh, visual media, um, Haikyuu, the anime, season 4, really looking forward to that. And one random thing is that hopefully this year I will be able to go on some more trips. So that's something that I'm looking forward to a lot. Hi everyone, it's Elizabeth here. 2018 was a really good year for media, so I had a hard time narrowing down a favourite. But for movies, I'm going to go with Ocean's 8, because who doesn't love a heist? Also, it was great to see a variety of women working together and supporting each other. For books, I'm going with the Divine Cities trilogy by Robert Jackson Bennett. These feature a complex political landscape dealing with colonialism and its legacy. The magic system is fascinating. 
and the protagonist of the first book drinks almost as much tea as I do. In 2019, I'm looking forward to the Captain Marvel movie. I love a kick-ass protagonist who won't stay down. And for books, I'm looking forward to Harp of Kings by Juliette Marillier because she writes the most luscious, gorgeous historical fantasy and I can't wait to see what she does with a new series. In film, the highlight of 2018 for me was Hereditary. Its most infamous scene is a masterpiece in horror filmmaking, a tour de force in when not to show something and when to turn around and show us, after all, to devastating effect. The film, like Get Out the year before, is going to be written about for years to come. So this year, saying that I'm most looking forward to Godzilla King of the Monsters would be like announcing I intend to keep breathing. And of course I'll be there with everyone else to see what Jordan Peele has cooked up with us. So what I'll single out then, that's just showing up on radars, is the latest offering from Hammer Films, The Lodge, which is getting some hereditary-style buzz, and I'm very excited about that. In other media, last year was when I discovered Adam Roche's The Secret History of Hollywood podcast. His series on Val Luton is unparalleled. I cannot praise it highly enough. I've never been so moved by a podcast. The most recent episode is four and a half hours long, and you'll wish it were six. So the conclusion to the Luton series is what I'm most anticipating in that regard in 2019. And then to end on a self-interested note, 2018 saw Black Library announce the Warhammer Horror Line, and working on that has been a dream come true. So the launch in 2019 is going to be more of that dream. Hope you all have a wonderful year, and here's to a new world of gods and monsters. Hi. This is Trishy Matson, and in 2018, my favorite book was The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Cowell. It's just wonderful alternate history. My favorite movie was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I just love that movie so much. It was delightful. My favorite non-book, non-story thing <laughs> continues to be Storium, which is a collaborative role-playing game that you play in a turn structure. For 2019, I really cannot pick just one book. Yay, writers! <laughs> There's so much to look forward to. For visual media, I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel, and I'm looking forward to supposedly the TV version of Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff and co-produced by Jordan Peele should come out in 2019. I really look forward to watching that series. And some people in Storium and I are thinking about doing uh, podcast narrations of some of the fictions we've been creating. And I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope everyone else has a great year of things to look forward to in 2019. Thanks. Hi, Jen here. Looking back on 2018, I have to say that there were so many good books that it's hard to pick just one, as always. That said, I'm actually picking two. The first is Rachel Hartman's Tess of the Road. It was an absolutely moving look at trauma and finding oneself, and it has stuck with me through the entire year. 
The second book I read right at the end, but it's from Celine Kiernan, whom I have talked adoringly of for years, but her newest series and the first book, Begone the Raggedy Witches, was one of the most enchanting stories that I have read in a long, long time. I especially loved how it tackled some tough issues for kids and how we actually got a really honest look at motherhood in a children's story. Just fantastic. On a personal note, last year I started doing the sound production for Nightlight Podcast, the black horror podcast helmed by Tanya Thompson. I've really enjoyed flexing my audio editing muscles and creating the soundscapes for these amazing stories that Tanya produces over at Nightlight, so please go check it out. In 2019, the thing that I'm actually looking forward to most in all the world is Godzilla King of the Monsters. I've been a Godzilla fan since I was a pretty small kid, but haven't kept up as well as I would have liked over the years. Still, this one just looks so gorgeous, and seeing the additional monsters is beyond exciting. This year, I'm also looking forward to hopefully growing a freelance audio editing business, and it's really time for me to start working again after raising two children almost all the way, and I'm excited to see where it takes me. Additionally, I'm really excited what Trang brought to the table last year as the Skippy and Fanti intern, and now as the producer of our booktube show. It's been really fun working with her, and I'm super excited to see where our booktube channel can take the Skippy and Fanti network. See y'all later. Happy 2019. If you would like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash or find us on Twitter at Skiffy and our webpage skiffyandfanty.com, or you can even send us an email at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The intro music for this podcast was taken from Rock Thing by Creo. You can find out more about their music on freemusicarchive.org.